and welcome to another episode of Theatre Club. Hello. You might recognise that voice. It's one of our guest hosts who've been on the podcast before. It is my mother, Catherine. Yay, welcome. Um, no Madeline today, so it's just me and my mum. We've been to see a show last night together, which was Bells and Spells at the Coronet Theatre. And today we're going to see The Boyfriend at the Menier Chocolate Factory. And I have also been to see A Christmas Carol at the Old Vic, which is currently running, and Fairview at the Young Vic. Let's start with a top tip, though, which I will do this week. Um, And my top tip is at the Union Theatre, which I don't know if you've ever been to. It's in Southwark, and it is uh, Sasha Reagan of the all-male Gilbert Sullivan fame. She's artistic director of that theatre. And they've got a show coming up in February called Blitz which I haven't heard of, but it's music and lyrics by Lionel Bart, who wrote Oliver. Oh, that's right. I have heard of this. Um, so yeah, I've never heard, I don't know anything about Blitz. And the overview is basically Britain and Germany are at war, but on the streets of London, so are the Jewish Blitzian family and the Cockney Locks. When their children fall in love, a poignant, funny and unforgettable wartime romance unfolds amidst the air raids. So it almost sounds a bit like a kind of take on a Romeo and Juliet style story of star-crossed lovers. He wrote it in 1962. Mm. I mean, it seems such a long time ago, but really it's only it was only about 18 years after the Blitz actually, actually happened. Yeah. So these Quite events fresh. would have been very fresh in his mm. mind, yeah. They're doing like, it looks like they're doing a whole kind of season to celebrate because it's 75 years after VE Day. So they're doing a whole season uh, of shows there, but this is the one that obviously they all look really good. Um, but yes, obviously the Lionel Bart one because it's a musical. And they do really good musicals there. We went and saw Gentlemen Prefer Blondes recently, and it's a really small little theatre, a bit like the Southwark Playhouse or somewhere like that. So I'll be really interested to see what they do with this. It is on at the Union Theatre from the 6th of February until the 7th of March, and tickets there are £22 for a full price ticket. If you're under 18, it's only 15 Yeah, that's definitely going to be one to watch out for. So I'm going to do my first review, which was A Christmas Carol at the Old Vic. And this is a production um, directed by Matthew Warchus, who's the artistic director of the Old Vic. And it's a version, a new version of the Charles Dickens story by Jack Thorne. And it has been on three years now, so it was 2017 with Risa fans. Yes, I saw it then. Is that when you saw it? And then last year it came back with the actor who plays DCI Banks, whose name I've forgotten. Oh, I have as well, and I was only talking about him yesterday. Yeah, it's gone out of my head. (laughs) And this year it stars Patterson Joseph, who, fans of Peep Show, he plays um, Mark's boss, Johnson, in Peep Show. So yeah, this production, it's kind of their annual Christmas thing, I guess. And I'd always heard such good things, but just never got around to seeing it, so this year I did their PWC previews, which is five weeks before the first performance of a show. You can log on at midday and get £10 seats. So I paid £10 for my seats. And the production is very, is quite immersive. So when you go in to begin with, they were handing out yes. um, Zatzumas and <laughs> mince pies. Yes, I was angling for a mince pie, but I didn't get one. I managed to get one because <laughs> I could see the... La- I got an orange first, which was fine, and then I saw the lady with the mince pies, and I waved I sort of waved her over because the section she was in didn't really seem like they wanted any mince pies, so I was like, get over here. So that was lovely to start with, the yeah. mince pie, and then the kind of smell of it and the smell of everyone opening, you know, these tangerines or whatever in the theatre really creates a Christmassy... Yes, it's lovely. It it got you in the mood immediately. Yeah. 
And then the whole performance is very much like that. So there's a lot of music in it. Obviously, it's a Christmas carol. So they sing a lot of Christmas carols and a lot of the actors play instruments. There's also a band just off stage. Did they have the traverse seating? Yes, traverse seating again. So you had people up on the kind of back of the stage and then the stage kind of came out in a thrust into the stalls. Yes, that's the same. And yeah, it's a really, you know, it's a story that everyone knows very well. So how, you know, how are you going to put your spin on it? And I don't think I've ever actually read the Dickens thing. I've just seen adaptations, haven't read the book. So I don't know how much in this version they very much go into kind of his backstory with his father and how he never sort of got his father's approval or attention and he was very distant and cruel. Yes. And that's why you can kind of see how he became the way he was. And I don't know how prevalent that is in other versions. I saw a version with Jim Broadbent in the West End four years ago maybe and I don't remember that was quite a Brechtian show and I don't remember that having as much of this backstory of his father and the woman that he fell in love with. I know that's always there, but in this version, I think they really dig into that to show you a lot how he became the way he is. Um, But yeah, it was just really good, and the actor playing Tiny Tim, so they've got four actors playing Tiny Tim, and the girl we had, we had a a young girl doing it, and she was blind, and I know I've seen one of the other actors being interviewed, he's in a wheelchair. I think they've, they've cast disabled children because I think the production is raising money. At the end, they had people with buckets. I think it's oh, raising excellent. money. Because the whole play, the, you know, Charles Dickens wrote the play about, um, it was to highlight the inequity in, in London at the time and the poor, and poor children specifically. Yes. And that was a big thing that he was an advocate for, yeah. for, you know, charitable work. So I think that's a really nice idea to have, you know, children with disabilities in the role. Yes, it's nice to see any mixed ability really production yes yeah i remember it being a very well paced play it Mm. really galloped along and they kept the energy going all the way through it it was it held our attention i went with somebody who wasn't particularly theater orientated yes and they loved it and yeah you have to i wanted to tell everybody to go and see it i did tell everybody to go and see it. yeah because i think if you know the story um there's that tendency to think well i know this so well why should i go and see another one see another one but i think this one the pace is really good i think patterson joseph played it really well it wasn't too cartoonishly grouchy yes he was just you could see that he was a damaged person and then we got to see why tickets are you know you can get tickets right up at the top for eight pounds 50 is the cheapest, although I would, the side slips in the Lillian Bayless aren't the best. Yes. But yeah, I think you can get tickets, £65 for standard tickets, but it's worth knowing that the um, Old Vic do reduce their ticket prices on the day if they're not sold. So I think in this Christmas period, that's going to be more unlikely, but it runs until um, January the 18th. And I think seeing, you know, I think often people think, oh, Christmas is over, why would you go and see a Christmas carol? I think that's a brilliant time to see it because you're probably going to get a better price ticket on the day because it's not going to be selling as well. And I feel like why not stay in the Christmas, Yeah, you know, in the Christmas Well, it's a universal story, really. Exactly. And last time I saw A Christmas Carol, I saw one in a January and it's perfect. You yes. Know, it's... it's a great time to see it. So you've got till the 18th of January to see that. I remember you saying that when you saw it, you cried. So I kept thinking, oh, which <laughs> bit would that be at? And there were a couple of moments which I won't spoil... But then I, I saw, thought I knew the one that you cried at, and then at the very end, I was like, "Oh no, that was it." Yeah, yeah. that was definitely the moment. And yeah. I, I, me and April, my friend April, who I went to see it with, we were both kind of 
welling up. up. Yeah. yeah. It is just really beautiful and they do some really I mean again I won't spoil it but the ending it builds and builds, it builds and builds and, builds, and then yes. the ending is brilliant. Yes, it that was whole glorious. end scene is really magical and exciting and kind of worth the price of admission. I'm going to go again. You've you've talked me into it. That ending <laughs> is really really exciting and just kind of just how you need the ending of Christmas Carol to be. Because that ending has to be so celebratory. Yes. When he comes around and they just absolutely nail that. Yes. That atmosphere. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, I can see this coming back every year. And I, you know, I know people that have seen it through each year. And I would definitely go back next year. So let's go straight on to Down the Road, The Young Vic, their new production, which is called Fairview. And Fairview um, is a play... From uh, from America, broad, uh, was on Broadway, won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama this year. So it won the 2019 Pulitzer Prize. Who wrote it? Jackie Sibley's Drury. This is directed by Nadia Latif. It's a play where you really can't know too much about it. And in the programme, um, they did an interview with Jackie Sibley's Drury. And they said, what can you tell us about Fairview without spoiling anything? And she said, to not spoil Fairview, I can basically tell you nothing but I can say that it's a sort of family comedy about a black middle-class family and their struggles to have a nice time. The sort of pressure that people of colour are under to be watched and looked at and judged through no fault of their own as they try to make their way through their lives is essentially what the play is about. There's something that people of colour deal with in both big and small ways constantly. So yeah, it's all about race and it starts off with this very sort of basic family drama and it's quite funny Almost, and it's got a sort of that sitcom style pacing to it, almost like a Cosby show style, Uh. intentionally so. And then it takes some real kind of turns, and I don't really want to say anything more than that. The reviews have been positive about it, but also saying this isn't your standard play. It seems to be breaking a lot of the normal expectations. What it is, is it's disruptive. Yes. It's disruptive theatre. Yes. And it's divisive. And also talking about the white gaze, like the male gaze. Sort of yes, thing. it's all about it's all race about that. It's all about race in but, a very interesting way, but yes. in a disruptive way, and and that disruptiveness is very divisive. And I can see that some people will not like that, and some people will. But I think whether or not you like it or whether or not you don't, it's such a successful piece of theatre because I have not stopped thinking about it. And not, I just want to talk to people about it all the time, but I can't, you know, I don't want to talk about it to someone that's not seen it because you have to have experienced it. That's exactly what I've been hearing, that it has this huge impact. Mm, But I don't want to say what it is. And I also, you know, you can't really go, you can't go to watch it knowing that that's coming or, you know, don't watch it thinking, oh, something's going to happen. It's not that, it's not a twist. It's not like Fight Club or something. You're not going to be like, oh, but... It's disruptive and you have to just experience that. And yes. That's the whole point of live theatre. And that's why it's so successful as a piece of theatre. Because you could only experience this by being there. Yes. And by, by experiencing it. So I think if you want a piece of theatre that you're going to talk about with your friends afterwards. Or that you're going to think about this is that piece of theatre. Because whether you like it or not, you're going to have got something out of it. Because you're, you're really going to want to discuss it. So yeah, I don't, you know, I can't really say much more about it. You've got until 23rd of January. However, it is mostly sold out. I think there's two performances left with tickets. Oh, that's excellent. And you can do the returns queue at the Unvic. So if this is something you do want to see, you can go and queue for returns before each performance. You can if also, you live in London. If you live in London, of course. <laughs> you can call the box office as well and ask for returns. So they do pop up. But yes, this is going to be a tough ticket to get. 
but I think it's worth it if you live in London and you're one of those people that does the day seat thing. Yeah. Ah. Really, really great. Performances are brilliant. Yeah. Young Vicar just doing a stellar job. Mm. So we went to see a show last night. Which, again, you can't see because it's finished. It's finished. Last night was a last night. I went to see it last year in Lyon in France because I'm a super fan of this performer's work. She's called Aurelia Thierry and she is the granddaughter of Charlie Chaplin. Her mother is Victoria Thierry, Cha- Chaplin. Thierry Chaplin, who used to have the ver- the Cirque Invisible and Cirque Imaginaire and now has directed and co-devised this work with Aurelia. It's called Bells and Spells. And what she does is it's sort of... Circus skills. Illusions. Illusions. It's very hard to describe because it's not magic. It's not... But it is magical. Yes. And there, there are illusions and stage magic, stage craft. And she can dance. dance. She's got fantastic physicality. For, for a start, you need to know that she's a very beautiful woman and she's got a wonderful stage presence. So she's very mm. lovely to look at. Plus, she can tell a story through mime and yes, there's dance. Yes, there's a lot and, of mime. Yes, it's a, a basically mime. unspoken piece. And it's about a kleptomaniac who... Um, you know, can't help herself obviously from stealing things and then these things take on a life of their own. So chairs start moving across the stage and um, coat stands turn into magical beasts and walk away. It's absolutely fantastic. It's yeah. a really thrilling three act theatrical performance. Yes, and this was on at the Coronet Theatre, which we've never been to, which is in Notting Hill. And it's such an amazing theatre. It's that was that was a beautiful thing in itself, just going in there. Super lovely people who work there. Fantastically curated and decorated. And yes, it's all kind of um, like a Victorian shop of curiosities. Yes, kind of and weird. it's all lit with candles and lots of mirror and glass and reflections. And the bar downstairs and... is on like a full slope. I think they used to have a cinema screen down there. Yes. I think it started as a theatre. Apparently um, a man, uh, you know sort of some count or something and his wife was very into theatre so as a present he bought her this theatre so she had her own theatre then it got turned into a cinema at some point you know this was in the 20s it was a theatre and then I guess in the you know after that became a cinema and now it's back to being a theatre but the bar downstairs is on a full slope from where it must have been the incline of the cinema so it's quite odd I mean I put my glass of wine on the table and it slid it's like being on the Titanic as it was going down but it was the perfect setting for this her show. show because she's her. The style of the show is very. Uh, what's the word? It's not sort of slick and. It's quirky. Polished. It's quirky, like something like Knee High or Footsbarn. It's very theatrical, and it doesn't hide its theatricality. And no, that's I really like that. So some I of did. the some of the illusions. She's sitting in a chair and she spins the chair round. And then when the man and sits in it, and when the man comes in... She disappears can... into the chair. He, yes. turns, he turns the chair back, and she's completely disappeared. So we know that somehow she's in that armchair. Yes, but they haven't tried to make it super slick that she's... You know that she's got in it, and you can kind of almost see that the chair is built for her to hide inside it. But then the joke is that he comes in and then sits, sits on down. it, and you know that she's in there. You're not under... Yes. So that part of the, the joy of it is that you know that 
that actress is inside that chair and he sat on top of her. Yes. There's a brilliant bit with a, a revolving door. Yes. And as the door revolves and she comes back round, she's wearing a different outfit or then she disappears altogether. And you can see the mechanism that she goes yes. into the centre of the spinning yes, door. Yes, but you're just admiring that she can the do speed things of it. so... Well, and the they... skill of doing it in that and the timing of it is so brilliant. And the way she steals all the things is so, so clever. The slight so inventive hand. how they become something else and... Mm. Uh, you know, a load of washing suddenly becomes a giant bird. It's it's very magical. Yes. Kind of she also had of... with her, and he ought to get a mention, a dancer called Jamie Martinez. Oh yes. He's in it. There's all right, there are other people in it peripherally, but he's like the but he's, he's a secondary character. He's a marvellous dancer. Oh his physicality. And they that Wonderful. first tango they kind of did together was brilliant because they're sort of throwing each other around yeah. you can, she's wearing that big sequin dress and you can hear it yes. sort of clunkily almost yes. bashing around but yes. and it's sort of quite physical they're sort of grabbing each other almost by the neck and pushing each other across the stage I thought it was such a physicality was brilliant the audience were totally and she came back afterwards she came into the bar afterwards mm. I was too shy to go and say hello to her but it's nice all that I love that yeah. is right. Yes, we're a, we're all a community. It comes out of that wonderful spirit of her mother's, of these sort of French theatre circus type mm. performances, and it's yeah. you can tell she's got her real hardcore fans, and I think that's why it's worth mentioning it, even though it's now finished at the Coronet and Please you watch can't out see for it. Her. Is just keep your eye out because I didn't really see anything about you know you just you alerted me to this. I didn't you know, and I feel like I'm fairly across theatre in London. I just didn't really see. You know, I didn't see anything about it. So I think it's worth kind of setting up a Google alert for Aurelia Thierry. Yes. Because whenever, you know, her shows tour, but they don't stay anywhere for particularly long. This was just there for the week. And now it's going to Italy for a day or two and then to Germany maybe. And then that's it. So just keep an eye out for her. There's nobody magic. wouldn't like this. A child would have loved it. Yes. You don't, there's no language barrier. No, you can take so, there's, there would be something in there for everybody. And it's only an hour and ten minutes. As I woke music, up this morning, bits were coming back to me, and I just remember that blue dress and you know whatever. Mm. They just that's so true. When we saw up. her first show, Rayleigh's Oratorio, fifteen years ago at least, I'm still, I still living remember, off that. Still remember moments from it. Yeah. And the same for this one. And so so well done. I absolutely loved it. It yeah. was just the perfect, exactly what I thought it was. You know, yes. it lived up to expectations. Yes. Yeah, um, so yes, please everyone keep your eyes and ears peeled for Aurelia Thierry. That's A-U-R-E-L-I-A. And surname? Thierry, T-H-E-I-R-R-Y. Congratulations <laughs> to the next round of the Theatre the Spelling, Spelling Bee. Bee. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, set up a Google alert, that's what I'm going to do. Although sometimes I've got one set up for Jenna Russell, because obviously people who listen to this know that I'm obsessed yeah, with Jenna Russell, and I just like to know as soon as you know she's cast in something, I get a Google alert. But there is also a Jenna Russell in you know small town Wisconsin who's on a high school netball team, so I get <laughs> I get regular updates on how a she's high thinking... school netball team are doing. So yeah, set up a Google alert for Aurelia because yeah. um, when she comes back, you have to go. It's such an experience. Yes. Um, so, we've got one more show to review, but we haven't seen it yet. So, um, my mum's come to stay with me up in London, and we are going to go and see The Boyfriend at... I could be happy with you. Boopidoo, Oh, I must remember to take my Dorothy bag. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know The Boyfriend, it's a <laughs> musical by Sandy Wilson... Um, from the 60s, 50s, late 50s. It was the first um, show Julie Andrews appeared in, in bro on Broadway and she went straight from The Boyfriend um, and got cast in Mary Poppins. 
And it's set in the 1920s, and it's sort of a pastiche of 1920s um, musicals. And so it's very fun. Um, Menier production has had really great reviews so far. It's been open a couple of weeks. Um, and so we're going to go see that this afternoon, and then we'll be back to give you our review. Stay tuned. So we are back from the Menier Chocolate Factory where we had just seen the Sunday matinee of Sandy Wilson's The Boyfriend, which actually I've since found out was from 1954. So I thought it was the early 60s, but even older than that. So 54, so only 20 years after the musical is set. Um, it's set, well, give people a little idea about what the story is. Okay, it takes place in Nice. It's so much nicer in Nice. In a girl's finishing school run by a Madame Dubonnet. The girls are 17 or somewhere thereabouts and all destined to marry well and have a lot of fun along the way. And the main character, Polly, is the daughter of a millionaire but wants to marry, wants to find a man who will marry her for herself. And it's just the frothiest, loveliest, silliest story. Yes, the story's really neither here nor there. It's just no, a fun... it's just a vehicle on which to sing some lovely songs, have some yes. great dancing. And the, the songs are so good. There's just one after another of fantastic songs and beautifully performed. Yes, they're brilliant because they're sort they're you know they're written as nineteen twenties pastiche, but not pastiche in a you know mocking way in a homage, sort of a I'd loving say. homage. So yes. you know the best kind of he tried to write the best nineteen twenties style songs he could, and they are great, aren't they? So I'd forgotten some of them because we yes. grew up listening to it. Yes, but there's just so many and they're so fun and. They really, I thought, sort of got everything out of them they could in terms of the dance routines and they did a lot of reprieves, reprises of each bit of song with an extra bit of dance or an extra, you know, so you really got... It was a very crisp performance. They had a wonderful set, fantastic costumes, but all the singing was crisp, the diction was fantastic. Yes. Let's just mention the creators first. Okay, so we've got sorry. director Matthew White... The choreography was, and the associate director was uh, Bill Deemer, and I thought the choreography was brilliant, and the designs were Paul Farnsworth. And who was the musical director? Because the band were wonderful. Yes, Simon Beck. The band, yeah, and the set was brilliant, and the band were kind of in a little almost gazebo off to the side, weren't they? And it was all lovely. It looked like those 1920s postcards of Nice. Yes. Very blue and white, like the poster, if you've seen that, Art Deco-y. Yes. And the whole set looked like that, really crisp and lovely, and not too cluttered. No, it was... Very elegantly done. And for a small theatre, they always cr- use that space so brilliantly. Oh, it was wonderful the way they travelled around it. And yeah, and like you said, the the cast were brilliant. We were right at the on the end of a row, if you if you if you like, in the worst seat in the house. But we had fantastic views, and the actors really kind of played to everybody. So you never felt that they had their yes attention diverted just to the main people and uh, it, it was really very good yes and the cast were brilliant um amara okariki who we saw in oklahoma in yes. chichester and she's been in lame is she played polly brown and dylan mason played um what tony. Was her? tony and they were both great they're not the most interesting characters in it actually because they're they're the more they're, straight yes romantic couple is always the yes. case in these things but i thought they both did it they both sang beautifully together and that's yes. kind of their main job some of the voices sing. blended so well together um the um hortense character the oh yeah she, was she, she had a wonderful voice yeah some really strong voices really strong and when she dancing. did the duet with polly that was a 
their voices blended beautifully yes, together. As did um Janie D. Her she played Madame Dubonnet and her voice, they sang that lovely song at the end. Yes. They both sounded brilliant together. Yeah, they were very And Aid Edmondson was in it, um, from the young ones, and he was very funny, as you'd yeah. expect him to be. He did a good turn and I don't think he upstaged anybody or No, 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 I, I think, think he was perfect. Yeah, I and, think um, he was perfect. Is he Van Branwick? Randwick, sorry, um, who played wife. his wife. Yes. And, and they did a good kind of twist on that because his character's an old sort of... Rue. Rue is a new word of the day. <laughs> so sort of, you know, a, a dithering old kind of comic character, but sort of lecturous. Bit of a lech, yeah. yeah. over the young girls. And in the original, he sings, it's never too late to fall in love with one of the young girls. And in this version, they've, d- they've done quite a good twist on that so that it doesn't seem as jarring. Yes, in, in this modern age of Me Too and everything, it could seem sleazy. And I think yes. they stayed on the right side of that completely. I yeah, think, they did. I think they managed to... And uh, then everywhere else in the story where, you know, young girls just wanting to marry rich men sort of thing, they played that with the right tone and levity for it to not seem problematic, I didn't think. Yes. Because it's such a silly, fun musical. Yes. Um, and yeah, I saw everyone in it was brilliant. Such a strong, strong cast... All of them. Very watchable, all of them. But I particularly liked Annie Southall. Who, oh, yes. Who I'd seen at the Guildford School of Acting. And she did a marvellous... Um, Griselda, is it, in Cats? No, I think she was Rumpelteaser. Rumpelteaser, no, was it? I can it? never remember. Okay, so many I, yeah. Names in Cats. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember spotting her then, many years ago, and just thinking, wow, that girl's got a lot of star quality. She really stood out mm. from a fantastic cast then. And to see her then, I suddenly went, oh, I know who that is. It's great. I recognise her. Yes, it was wonderful. She stood out for me too, actually. When you said, when you mentioned it, I kind of knew who you meant because she did have a great face and real, like, real energy. Yes. And was always just finding someone in the audience, you know. Yes. She She delivered everything in a really brilliant way. Yeah, they were all triple threats. They could all Mm. sing, dance and act. It was, yeah, it's a brilliant production. I think this won't be for everyone because some people find this too old-fashioned and... But they did it so well and they, um, Mm. I, I... There's real skill in making something look that easy and look that fun. Yes, I would really tell people to see. And the matinee on a Sunday is at 3.30, so you're out by six. Yeah, it's really good. And it's excellent. Yeah, tickets are still available. Um, there's sort of limited availability up until Christmas, but then there's definitely tickets available after that. And, I mean, the Menier is a little bit more expensive because it's such a small theatre. So tickets are kind of £42 or £49. I would say, obviously, try and sit as close into the centre as you can. Um, if you look at the... I don't know what you call that staging. It's on two sides. So go in, in the middle of the triangle, as it were. Um, Which we yes, didn't. No, we were on the outside of the row but okay, £42 so. is yeah a little bit more than I would spend on another third show but for the many I kind of usually make an exception because the productions are so brilliant and we liked the boyfriend and it was you know a yes. birthday present it was my you. birthday present so thank you very much Alice thank you very much Oscar you are welcome <laughs> um, it's a shame Alice is in Australia and couldn't come I as know. planned but she would have loved it as well oh, just yeah. a really good fun a brilliant show to take family to if you're looking for something to do in January I think this is brilliant. A bit more and, expensive. And for all ages. It. Oh, for all ages. It's, yeah, it's it's just such good fun and it's performed so well. I think just seeing people at the top of their game yes. doing musical theatre so so well is just really fun to watch, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, highly recommend this. Yes. Highly recommend. Absolutely. 10 out of 10. 
So, thank you, Mum, for joining me, because um, Madeline wasn't available this week at all, so it's great that you've been able to stand in, it's great that we've been to see two shows together to talk about. Um, let me, shall I recap everything we've talked about in the episode? Yes, do that. So, so my top tip was Blitz at the Union Theatre, which is the Lionel Bart musical that starts in February next year. Then my first review was A Christmas Carol, which is on at the Old Vic until January the 18th. Still availability for tickets for that one. Then there was uh, Fairview at the Young Vic, which tickets are basically all sold out for. So that's one that if you want to see it, you're going to have to do the day seat queue. It's going to be a challenge, but whether you like it or hate it, it's going to be a show that you remember for a long time. And then we went to see Aurelia in her show, which was called Bells and Spells. Aurelia Thierry, which unfortunately is no longer on, but... We wanted to mention it because we just think she's magical and wonderful and keep your eye out for her because Definitely. she will come back to London at some point. Yes. And if she doesn't, you have to, you know, do what my mum does and go all the way to Leon <laughs> just to see her because it's really, really worth it. Yeah. And then, of course, The Boyfriend, which runs at the Many Air Chocolate Factory until the 7th of March. Tickets available. Um, they start at around £42. Um, unless you can get concessions, if you're eligible for concessions, and they are £39.50. Yeah, some really good shows. And I, do you know what I want to see before Christmas is White Christmas. Oh. There's a stage production, and that runs until kind of the 8th of Jan, so I just don't know if I'm going to find time to squeeze that in, but I would really like to see Where's it. Where's that one? The Dominion Theatre. Ah. Yes, it's a shame you haven't got a chance to see Fairview, and you're not going to be able to come up and do it, because would have, you would have definitely found it so interesting. It's such a, a piece to think about. But I think I'm after a check-off. Yes, well, if you listen to the podcast, how many episodes are you behind, tell the truth? I'm a lot behind. A lot behind. Because this is not the only thing I'm behind on. Well, I think you should look at, um, in our last episode, we talked about the Bridge Theatre and their upcoming season. Oh, yes. And there's some really interesting, there's a Carol Churchill play that I think sounds great. And then next year, I'm quite looking forward to Kill a Mockingbird with Risa Fans and a new production wow. of that, which has been on Broadway and had very good reviews. So I think that would be a good drama. Yes. So I'm hoping to do another episode with Madeline before Christmas. Um, and also then Alice will be back from Australia. Yay! So she'll be back on the podcast soon as well. Um, so you've got all that to look forward to. I'm rather disappointing I didn't get a cocktail. Oh, yes. <laughs> I didn't. I just didn't have time because we've been out and about today. Oh, I'll have a nice cup of tea. But do you know what my cocktail recommendation is for oh, Christmas? Yeah. With the Christmas period coming up and in the next episode we do on before Christmas, I'll make a cocktail using this. But my number one Christmas cocktail recommendation is a mulled syrup. So sugar, half sugar, half water in a pan. I use brown sugar. And then add a cinnamon stick, peel of an orange, some fresh ginger, clove, star anise, um, juniper berries, some raisins if you want, and just lightly simmer that until um, it comes to a kind of a boil, and then it turns into a lovely, and then just leave it to infuse. And then that syrup you can use in anything. You can make a mulled margarita with tequila and grape juice and that, or just anything. You can heat up some whiskey and add a shot of that for like a hot toddy. It just creates a Christmassy... For any drink, and a lot of drinks have to use a sweet element to balance out the lemon juice, whatever else you're using. Use the mulled syrup over Christmas in a variety of drinks. It's so handy to have. I just make a big jar of it. And then we can, you know, you go on a lovely wintry walk. Okay. And in a thermos, you just heat up some rum and apple juice and a shot, you know, a big yes, slug we'll of this, do that. that syrup. And then you've just got a really lovely Christmassy. That's what we'll do on Boxing Day. Um, but thank you so much, Mum, for uh, podcasting with me. 
thank you thank you for inviting me i've it's had a fantastic weekend and you know when you start listening to the podcast again and in, <laughs> in six months you'll catch up and you'll be able to listen to yourself back oh lord i know <laughs> and until next time don't forget to follow on instagram at theatre club podcast don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already and if you have friends who are theatre fans please tell them about this podcast thank you very much for listening and happy christmas and until next time this has been theatre club podcast goodbye